Well, welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Can we welcome all of our campuses, our Appleton campus, Brookfield campus, Milwaukee campus, Germantown campus online. Wherever you're joining us from, man, I didn't even know that they were doing that for the summer series, the palm tree look. You know, I have a rule in life. Whenever you see a palm tree, you know, everything's going to be all right. Anybody else? Yeah, you know, that little trip you'll take to Florida or wherever in the, even Arizona, and, and you're just like, man, in the middle of wintertime, it's snowing here, it's cold here, but you see a palm tree, and I just say to myself, self, everything's going to be all right. I love palm trees. It's like my favorite tree. That's my favorite tree since I moved to Wisconsin 20 years ago. I used to like oak trees and maple trees and foliage in the fall. Now if I just see a palm tree, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So it's good to see you today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. I'm going to get there in just a minute. Starting this new series. Uh, summer at Life Church, and so every week throughout the course of the summer, it's just a lot of we're going to be kind of hitting a passage of scripture, a verse in scripture, and just kind of unpacking it. Uh, and today, I'm excited about today's message because I want to talk to you about what do you do when you face storms in life. We all face storms in life, and uh, and so the answer to facing storms in life, in my opinion, is simply this: three words: be the buffalo. I'm going to title this message. It's called Be the Buffalo. Look at your neighbor and say, Be the Buffalo. You're going to make sense in a minute. Where is he going? Old Testament, today, palm trees, buffaloes. It's all coming together, folks. It's going to be a great, great, great message. Um, the natural response to storms in life is um, typically to ignore them, uh, to repress them, to kind of hit the escape button. Think about it. When you have a problem... Something's going on, you have a tendency to just kind of go, it, it doesn't exist. If I don't acknowledge it, it doesn't exist. Some of you don't go to the doctor because you're like, if I don't go to the doctor and they tell me things wrong, then nothing's wrong. Yeah, right? Uh, uh, some of you are the opposite, and you're like, there's any little thing that's wrong, you're like, I, I'm dying. I, I mean, and don't go on WebMD. Has anybody ever done that before, right? <laughs> I, I'm really bad about that. I'm like, Tammy's like, do not go on to WebMD because I have everything. I'm, 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 I'm dying, Tammy. Look, look. <laughs> I've got this, this, this. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, and, or, or you repress it. You're just going to push it back. You're just going to push it. It's gonna, you're going to deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. I've got bigger problems, bigger problems. Or it's, I'm going to hit the escape button. I just want to try to get out of here. And uh, that can be all types of behaviors, destructive and otherwise. It can just try to get you out of whatever the, the storm is. Have you noticed this? If you've been serving Jesus for very long, that if you're a Christian, you face storms in life? And, and before you came to faith in Christ, you faced storms. So being a Christian, doesn't, it's not like a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? If it was, everybody would do this. You understand that, right? It's, 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 and, and, and the problem is regardless whether you repress a storm or you ignore a storm or you just kind of like go crazy anxiety over a storm or you try to hit the escape button, whenever you're done with whatever activity that you're doing, Storm's still there. Problem is still there. Situation's still there. It doesn't change it. And again, in nature, there are two herd creatures. I read an article on this. That's kind of where the title of today's message and the whole idea comes from. Be the buffalo. I'm just telling you, I'm going to get there in just a minute. Two herd creatures that they respond to impending storms totally opposite. So the first is a cow. Now, cows, when the storm will appear, in, let's say, in the west... 
then they see the storm, then they begin to run east. They try to outrun the storm. If you know anything about cows, they're not real fast <laughs> at all. And so the problem is, is that because they're not fast, inevitably the storm catches up with them. And then they wind up running with the storm because they keep running. They don't stop. They just are trying to outrun it, and the storm overtakes them. And what happens is, is that it produces a longer, uh, more difficult time in the storm. Now, another herd creature, imagine what herd creature I'm going to talk about, the buffalo. When they see a storm in the west that's coming from the west towards them, they will stop and will face the storm. And wait for the storm to come as close as it can. And when the storm is right at its edge in front of them, they run into the storm. And by running directly into the storm, they minimize the amount of time that they're in the storm, the amount of damage, and they're able to get through on the other side with a minimum amount of impact. Because in both scenarios, the storm is coming. In both scenarios, there is no way to avoid the storm. One tries to run away, repress, escape, and winds up causing more harm, more damage, and more duress. The buffalo, be the buffalo, not the cow, be the buffalo. The buffalo faces the storm, looks at the storm, waits for the storm to get right in front of them, and then charges right into the storm in order to have the minimum amount of conflict, pain, and carnage on the other side. Isaiah 43 talks about being the buffalo. He doesn't say buffalo, but just give me a little grace here. Verse 1 says this. Now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, and I have called you by name, for you are mine. Verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. You. Look at verse 2 again. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be, be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Now, I just want to stay camped out on this verse 2 for a few minutes here. This is all I'm doing today. I'm not going to another verse, I'm not giving you whatever, just right here. When. Look at the beginning of verse 2. When. When tells you it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Storms are going to happen. Problems are going to happen. Isaiah is a prophet of God in the Old Testament, the biggest of all. And he is telling Israel, who is going into uh, this exile, that's going into this, they're going to be overtaken. They're going to become captive to the Babylonians first, uh, then the Medes, and then the Persians. And they're, they're, they're going to be taken as, as, uh, in captivity because of, of a lot of things, because of their waywardness towards God, because they've kind of turned their back towards God, because of their unfaithfulness towards God. God's trying to get their attention. And Isaiah is telling them, this is 100 years before Daniel. This is 100 years before the actual captivity really takes, takes place in Judah. He's telling them, this is going to happen. But, but, but what's, what you need to know is, is that this is not trying to, this is, this is not a matter of, of, of if, it's a matter of when. When you, when you, when you. How many times as Christ followers do we try to like, again, eject, hit the, get the get out of jail free card. We, we don't, and nobody wants to go through a storm. 
Nobody wants to deal with the storm. Nobody wants to deal with the problem or with an issue. But it happens. It, to all of us, it happens. There are going to be problems in your life. There's going to be problems in your marriages. There's going to be problems with your kids. There's going to be problems with your family. Family's funky, amen? Welcome to 4th of July. Uh, you're going to have problems. It's going to happen. There's going to be problems at work. There's going to be problems in church. There's going to be problems in relationships. There's going to be problems with the in-laws and with the outlaws. There's going to be problems. Life has problems. In this world, you will have problems, Jesus said. Old Testament, New Testament. Isaiah says, when problems and storms in life are going to happen, you cannot avoid them. You cannot get through this life. You can't dance through the rain and not get wet. Occasionally, yes, not every time. And he uses the word through. I want you to notice this next in verse 2. He uses the word through. He uses the word through three times. Anytime you see something repetitive in Scripture, especially in a passage, it's trying to get your attention. It's trying to highlight it. It's trying to, 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 to really focus in on it. And I would even encourage you, if you write and you underline your Bible, I would underline, write, circle that word through all those three times. See, God's deliverance, what he's saying here through Isaiah, is rarely is it out, but it's always through. Rarely is God deliverance ever coming to your life by giving you an escape, by getting you out of it. It's always through it, through it through it. How many times, though, do we pray, oh, God, let this pass by. Oh, God, let me get a get-out-of-jail-free guard. Oh, God, I want to get out of this. I need out of this situation. I need out of this problem. And then we get frustrated when God doesn't see us out. Why? Because he wants to see you through. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's going to die on the cross, the one who knew no sin, who would become sin for you and I so that you and I could be the righteousness of God? In the Garden of Gethsemane, and if you go with me to Israel in the fall, I think we've got three. I asked Ryan this past week. We have three open spots left. So if you want to go, I've got three spots left, and then we're, we, we're, we're packed, we're maxed, we're, we're sold out. And if you go with me, I will take you to where they will have said, this is, this, is, this is the garden, this is the area where Jesus would have prayed, and this is where he would go, and this is where the Roman soldiers will come and get him. In that place... Right there in Jerusalem, Jesus will pray this prayer. Oh, God, is there any way this cup can pass from me? And we know he's praying for hours because the disciples that are around him fall asleep. And he looks at them and wakes them up at one point and says, can you not just pray with me for an hour? So he's, he, is, he is wrangling with this. He is wrestling with this. He is fighting with this. He's dealing for, for an extended period of time. Jesus wanted to get out. Nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. God's deliverance in your life, whatever problem, situation, or circumstance that you're facing, very rarely is it ever out. You're praying for your kids to get out. You're praying for, 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 for you to be out of this trouble, for be out of this, to be able to escape this, to be able to get out of this, to be able to avoid this. Very, very rarely is the answer, the solution out. Most of the time, it's through. That's the reason why be the buffalo. You're not going to outrun the storm. You're not going to get away from the storm. And in doing so, you're probably going to cause yourself more harm, more duress, more frustration. And God very rarely is going to take you out of the situation. Most of the time, he's going to take you through. So what does he take you through? Well, first of all, it says right there, look right there at verse 2, through the waters. Through the waters. And again, Isaiah is prophesying to Israel. He's speaking to the nation of Israel. 
And you go, well, well, how is this applicable to my life? Because the book of Galatians, Paul says that you and I as Gentiles through Jesus Christ, we have been grafted into the vine. We've been adopted into the body of Christ so that every promise in the book, Old Testament, New Testament is mine. So this through the waters would have been a reference to Israel's crossing of the Red Sea in Exodus 14. He's speaking to the nation. They would have remembered. Do you remember when God brought you through the waters? Do you remember when he brought you out of bondage and slavery and he was on, you were on your way to the promised land? He brought you through the waters? Do you remember when, the, when, when, when Pharaoh and his army was coming in behind you and there were three million unarmed Jews that you were standing there completely helpless and hopeless and you were facing the Red Sea? Do you remember when Moses lifted the staff and the waters parted? Do you remember when you and three million of your friends walked across on dry ground? I love what Moses says, and no hoof will be left behind, which means the the goats and, and, and every animal and farm animal that they had went with them and they all went across. Do you remember when as soon as the last one of you got across and, and Pharaoh's army was, was closing in, just about to overtake you, and then the waters came through and destroyed the army of Pharaoh? God brought you through the river. He didn't allow you to escape it. He didn't build a bridge over troubled waters. That's a great psalm, but it holds no good theology, amen? He allowed you to go through the storm. And he says in that, he says, he says he, I will bring you through the waters. You will, I will be with you. I will be with you in this time. There's comfort in the middle of the storm. You are not alone. I will be with you through these waters. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Emmanuel, God is with us. And whatever problem you're facing today, whatever storm you're facing today, you're probably not going to get out of it. He's going to walk with you through it. But he will be with you. He will never leave you. He, being Jesus, forsake you even until the ends of the world. This is the reason why your personal relationship with Jesus Christ is so important. This is the reason why church and Sunday morning church cannot save you. This is the reason why just coming to church and getting your fill up once a week does not work in your life. You have to day in and day out walk with Jesus, talk with Jesus, spend time in devotion, spend time. We talk about it soap, scripture, observation, application, and prayer every day. I'm just going to be in God's word, let God's word speak to me, and I'm going to take my time to spend with the Lord because I've got to have this relationship because storms are going to happen. Storms are going to come up, and very rarely is God going to get me out. Most of the time, he's going to walk with me through it, but he will be with me every step of the way. Man, that's good. Secondly, he says, through the rivers, through the rivers. Now, rivers would have been a reference, again, this is after, many, many, many years after the crossing of the Red Sea. But also, this is now the crossing of the River Jordan, Joshua chapter 3. When Israel has left the bondage and the slavery of Egypt, they have been in the desert for 40 years, and God has provided for them every day. Moses now has died. Joshua is now, is now in command, and he's going to take them across the River Jordan. And they're going to go and possess the promised land that God's given them. They're going to go, and now they're going to go from a nomadic. They've gone from a slave people to a nomadic people to now they're going to be a, an agricultural uh, people. They're, they're, they're going to sit down and put down roots in this promised land that God's given them. All the way back to Abraham in the, in the, in the book of Genesis. And he says, through the rivers... And if you read in Joshua 3, that the rivers, when they got ready to cross it, were at flood stage. It was not an ideal to cross in the natural. 
storms, danger. But this is when God tells them to cross. Again, be the buffalo. God never called you to be a cow. Don't look at the storms in life and run from them. Why? Because first of all, through the waters, he's going to be with you. Secondly, through the rivers, when the natural says, don't do this, God in the supernatural says, I'm going to put my super onto your natural, and I'm going to be with you through the river, even when it's dangerous, even when it's deadly, even when it's not an opportune time. Is that not the most of the time when God shows up? He's seldom early, never late, always right on time. I mean, don't you wish God would show up early every once in a while? Let's just be honest. We're in church. Amen? It would be nice, wouldn't it? It probably, would, it probably would, would keep your hair from graying, keep a few wrinkles from happening. Probably, but, but God wants us to trust him, and he's growing us, and he's developing us. He said, through these rivers, they will not overwhelm you. What does that mean? You're not going to die. My dad used to say to me, look, they're not going to kill you, and they won't eat you. So you're going to live to die another day. That's the good news. But you're still in this river. You're still going through this. This river is not going to take you out. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And it's through these times that we walk through the rivers, not over the rivers, not around the rivers, not waiting for the flood stage to go away. But when God says to go, we go. When God says to stop, we stop. We are people of the cloud, by, fire by day, or cloud by day and fire by night, Old Testament. And when, when, when God wanted the people, the children of Israel to move, he'd move the cloud during the daytime or the fire at night. And they would, they would follow. They were following the leading of the Lord. And when you follow the leading of the Lord, you're not going to be overwhelmed. You're not going to die. The storm is not going to take you out. And if you know the storm's not going to take you out, why run from it? If you know the storm's not going to take you out, why fear it? If you know the storm is not going to overwhelm you, why not just be the buffalo and stand there and wait for it to come and then charge it with everything you've got? You know what I think scares hell is a, is a spirit-filled Christian who says, I am not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to let up. My trust is in the Lord, and I am going to trust him, and I'm going to get through this storm, and I will charge it head on if that's what it takes. Because God's going to be with me, and God's not going to let it overwhelm me. He's not going to let it take me out. But, but pastor, sometimes there's times where I feel overwhelmed. Yes, you're an emotional being because you're operating in the natural, not in the supernatural. See, you're more than just physical. You're more than just mental. You're more than just emotional. You are a spiritual being, and that spiritual being is what lives on. Not your emotion, not your intellect, and not your body. All those things will pass away, but your spirit is what will live on forever. It's that, that, that's the part of you that's regenerated. The other part of you, your mind tries to overtake you. That's why anxiety doesn't make any sense, but it tries to overtake you. But, but, but again, the spirit, if it, it's willing, sometimes the flesh is weak, and so our bodies sometimes fail us. Our minds sometimes fail us. Our emotions are very, man, they, they can be really play dirty tricks on us, but it's our spirit. It's that faith. It's that trust, not in myself, but in the Lord that I can charge through the storm. That when I go through the waters, he'll be with me. When I go through the rivers, he will, they will not overwhelm me. And then the last statement is through the fire. Through the fire. Now, again, I did some research on this because I, I looked at this. There's not a lot of scholarship that's written on this. I even conferred with a couple of friends of mine from my doctoral program and that, are, that have earned doctorates in theology, and, 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 and we kind of talked about this a bit. I'm going to take a little liberty here, but I don't think I, 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 don't think I am, uh, I, I don't think that I'm, I'm on too much thin ice. See, when you read that, and I, I would be raised in church, and you hear somebody go, he's talking about the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that were in the fiery furnace, and God will see you through. The problem with that is, 
is that the fiery furnace hasn't happened yet. The fiery furnace will not happen for another 100 years. So you can't really say he's referring to the fiery furnace because he's not because it hasn't happened yet. Through the waters, the crossing of the Red Sea, it's happened already by the time he's speaking. Uh, the, the, the crossing of the River Jordan already happened. That's been years behind them. So, but remember, Isaiah is a prophet. And a prophet sees what will be and what's going to happen. And he's speaking. He's speaking even prophetically here, the words of God. And he is saying to the nation of Israel, you're not going to die. This, this captivity is not going to overtake you. God is still going to be with you. He's still going to be there. He's still going to walk through there. And so the waters in the river speak to the past. Remember, don't forget, this is what God's done. And that's important. You know why that's important? Because it's important that you talk about that. It's important that you remember that. It's important that you think about that. It's important that you talk to your kids about that. This is when God showed up. This is when God showed up. This is when God showed up. The, the waters never overtook us, and the rivers didn't, did, didn't destroy us. We are going to win. We are going. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And it's constantly because you're building your faith. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But fire, I would give you the conjecture. This is where I'm doing a little bit of my theological uh, exegesis here that really there is no one that writes on this that I have found of any scholarship, of any, of any worthiness, is it speaks to the future. He's speaking prophetically of Daniel's time because knowing that this is going to be in, 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 in our canon of Scripture, knowing that we're going to read this with the benefit of perspective, he is speaking into the future. And in the future storms that come, Woo, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. I will do what I did in the past. I will do it in the present, and I will do it in the future. And when you go through the fire, you will not be burned. Because what we do know is in Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they would not bow down before, uh, before, before the, the, the image that, that, that the Babylonians had put up. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. And the Bible says that they did not eat. They were not consumed. They didn't even smell of smoke. And they looked in and there was a fourth person in the fire, which we would believe would be Jesus. Because he says, you'll go through the fire and you'll not be burned and you'll not be consumed. Not burned. There will be no effects to live with after the fire. There are no scars. Wow. Not consumed. You're going to live. You're going to live. You're going to live. So whether you've gone through or going through the rivers, the waters, or through the fire, understand when the storms and the trials and the hardships of life come, be the buffalo. Don't run. As a Christ follower, don't run. If you're not in Jesus, man, you're, you're on your own. But, but, but you may need to be like the cow and try to outrun the storm. But, 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 but in Christ, in Jesus, and having that, Man, we can stand firm. We can stand firm knowing that he will be with us through every one of those situations. Now I want to go back to verse 1. Back to verse 1 as I land the plane. It says, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel. And again, because you and I are grafted into the vine through Jesus Christ, he's speaking to us. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. And I have called you by name, for you are mine. I want you to notice this, that God is creator. And he is, he is once again speaking to his creation, acknowledging he's creator. And because he's creator, he has the power to redeem. 
And as creator, he is free from any restraint of any system in which he's created. So the natural effects and the natural ways and the natural laws can be suspended because the creator has decided they should be suspended. He is not bound by the restraints that you and I are bound by. And so he declares that judgment to them will not destroy them, but will refine them. Isaiah 5, if you read on to Isaiah chapter 5, it talks about this. Therefore, there is nothing to fear. They're about to go into captivity. And he's letting them know, I'm the creator and I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to allow you to go through this process. I'm going to allow you to go through the river, through the water, through the fire. Not to destroy you, but to prove to you once again who I am. To prove to you once again that I'm faithful even when you're not. To prove to you once again that I'm alpha and omega, beginning and end, first and last, that which was and is to come and forevermore shall be. That I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That I am the great I am. That I have not forgotten you. That I have not forsaken you. That you are not lost. And that this is not just something that I did back in time and in history, but I will do it in your lifetime, the Lord's saying. Notice the personal relationship. The personal relationship with God and his people. The reoccurrence of the personal pronouns of I and you. All the way through, if you read that entire chapter, you will see I and you, I and you. The creation or the creator is constantly gives himself to his creation. God is constantly giving himself to us. Saying, I will always redeem you. Think about that. But man, I've blown it. They blew it big time. I don't have time. I, I don't even have enough day, Sundays in the summer to talk about how bad they had messed up. Yeah, but you messed up, yes, but he's still going to redeem you. You failed the Lord, yeah, but he's still going to redeem you. You've not measured up, yeah, but he's still going to redeem you. Because that's who he is. See, he, he is a creator. He is a father, a good, good father. There is no way. He cannot not do that. That's who his nature and his very essence is. So therefore, that's who he is. That's what he's going to do. And it doesn't mean it's going to be an absence of trouble or an absence of storm, but it means he's going to walk with you. He's always going to redeem you, and he's always going to be faithful even when you're not. So here's the thing. I don't know what storm you're facing today. And you might have completely brought it on yourself, or it might have been one of those storms that just popped up. It happens, right? Life's kind of like a Tupperware dish. You get three corners down and you're burping the fourth one and boom, another one pops up, right? It happens. Yep. It's just, it's just this life. But the way of the cow has not been working for you, trying to outrun and avoid the storms of life. And everybody watching you, the Lord himself goes, that's crazy. There is no way that critter is ever going to outrun that storm. It's not physiological possible. Today, I would tell you the word of the Lord for you, whatever storm you're facing, be the buffalo. Stand firm on God's word and face the storm. Not in your own merit, your own strength. It'll take you out in your own strength. But in him, no, 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 no. Because you know that he's gonna be with you through it. So when you stand firm on God's word, then you face that storm, call it out for what it is, then run, run at it, run at it. Don't let any devil in hell tell you that you can't. Don't let anybody tell you it's gonna overwhelm you because it won't. Don't let anybody tell you it's gonna take you out because it won't. Don't let anyone tell you that you're gonna have any effects on that because you're not. Run, 
run and go through it and allow him to go through it with you. Because chances are he's not going to allow you to avoid it. He's trying to work his, his, his way in you. He's trying to develop and to grow you. Remember, struggle is what produced strength in our life. Every single time. Jesus says, if any man wants to follow me, let him deny himself, struggle. Let him take up his cross, struggle. Let him follow me, struggle. Be the buffalo. Father, today I just thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you remind us in the past of where you brought us from, what you brought us through. And today, we are even reminded that in the future, you will continue to do this because you are the same today, yesterday, and forever. You are faithful when we're not. Your faithfulness is not dependent upon the systems of this world. Your faithfulness is not not dependent upon the natural order of things. That's your supernatural ability to do because you created this world in which we live. Your faithfulness is not dependent upon our faithfulness because we are, I hate to say it this way, Lord, we are a faithless people. We are so easily tossed to and fro by the storms of life. We're hot and then we're cold. Oh God, I just pray today, help us. Let faith arise in us that this verse become alive in us, that whatever storm that we're facing, that we don't try to be like a cow and run from it and in in doing so, create more fear, create more panic, create more issue, create more problems. Help us, Lord, to be like that buffalo and stand and face it and go through it, minimizing any amount of friction or problem or issue to get to the other side. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now here's what I wanna do today. The band's here, and in just a minute, they're gonna do a song. And, uh, and we're just gonna do one last song, and then Dustin's gonna come and dismiss us. But I know when I do a message like this, there are people you're facing problems and situations and circumstances. So in just a minute, I'm gonna have everybody stand in the room. We're gonna sing this song together. And if you're facing a storm, that you just say, you know what, today, man, I'm tired of being like the cow and trying to avoid it. I just want to stand and run through it, and I just want some prayer. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to invite you to do this, to simply where you are, to move from where you are, and just come and find a place to pray. Why is that important? Something happens to us mentally in our, in our, our, our brains when we change a place, change a pace, change a perspective, when, when we make a physical move. It's been shown that, that what happens is there, there's this cementing in us, in, in our spirit and in our emotion. It's like, I made a decision. I'm going to move from where I am and I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to make a physical change here. And so I'm going to ask you just to simply just do that and just you'll come and you'll find a place to pray. And in doing so, you're just saying, I am not going to run from this storm. I'm going to face this storm. And God, I am coming before you and I'm asking you just to perform your word in my life to go through this water, to go through this river, to go through this fire. I'm standing on your word believing that it's not going to overwhelm me. It's not going to, you're going to be with me and it's not going to consume me and I'm not even going to be burned through this situation. This storm that you're facing may be something that you caused. You know, the interesting thing about this passage is that Israel caused their own storm. She'd go, oh, great. So even though I've messed up, God still has grace. Yeah, that's, 
That's why it's called amazing grace. And I don't know why sometimes we in church have such a problem using grace. If God did not intend for us to use grace, he would have never sent his one and only son. Jesus is not just there to save us from the sweet by and by. He's there to keep us in the here and now. That's the reason why the Holy Spirit's been given. That's the reason why we live under the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's greatest job in our life, according to scripture, is here and now. It's always to point to the words of Jesus. It's always to comfort us and to convict us and to lead us into righteousness. It's to help us get through. He becomes the guide that walks through with us. They didn't even have that in the Old Testament. It's a whole other message I won't preach, I promise. So you go, but man, I've messed up. Yes, so did Israel. But maybe you're in a situation today where you're dealing with a physical issue or another situation or something that's going on that's affecting you that you didn't do anything wrong. Same, same principles apply. He will be with you through that situation. So I just want you to move in just a minute from where you are to come and find a place to pray. Myself, uh, my wife, other pastors, prayer partners, those of you that are prayer partners in the room, just be alerted, just come. We're not going to counsel with you. This is not a counseling session. So nobody's going to ask you, what's your storm? What, right? Because you don't want to tell me. I, I don't want to know, to be honest. It doesn't matter. I, I'm just, I'm Aaron. I have no supernatural power or whatever. He does. He has the ability to save. I'm just one beggar to another beggar where to find food. And so what I'm going to do is that I'm going to put my hand on you and I'm going to pray. And why is that important? Because the Bible says we're two or more gathered together in his name. There he is in the midst. So we've all come together today, not for you or not for me, but for him, for Jesus. So he's here. And when we ask anything according to his word, it'll be done for us by the Father in heaven. What are we asking through his word? That whatever storm you're facing, that God will be with you through it, that you will not be overwhelmed, that you will not be dude, I could preach this again, that you would not, that you will not be burned and that he will be with you. We're asking God to perform his word into your life. That's all we're doing. And we're gonna stand together in agreement. Do you have to come to the front to get prayed for? Well, to be, if we're gonna pray for you, yes. But, but to pray, no, I know some of you may be, this is the first time I've ever been to church like this. Like I am like, I don't know, are, is your name Father Aaron? I don't know what's going on. This is a totally different deal for me and I'm completely freaked out. But what you're saying I don't want you to be freaked out. Sit right there in your seat and just pray. But if you want prayer, if you want someone to pray with you, we'd be happy to do that. So can we all stand to our feet? I'm gonna pray one more time. The band's gonna go right into this song when I say amen. And if you want prayer for whatever storm you're facing, just come to the front, find a place to pray. You can stand, you can kneel, you can do whatever. Please come all the way forward because there'll be people wanting to come in and we just wanna pray for you and then Dustin will come dismiss us. Father, I just thank you today. And I just pray, Lord, that as we move from our place, God, and we change, God, we, 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 we walk, can we come and find a place to pray and we give you the storm that you would simply perform your word today. That as myself and other pastors and prayer partners who just stand in agreement with those that are coming forward, God, that you would, Lord, that you would just, as they're walking through whatever storm, God, that you would just um, perform your word. That they will not be overwhelmed, will not overtake them. Lord, that you will be with them. And that I pray that your Holy Spirit and the presence of your Holy Spirit as we pray with people today will be so real, so alive, so comforting. That peace that passes understanding that only comes from you, Lord, would fill their hearts. And God, that they will not be consumed or even burned through the fire. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want prayer, please make your way forward and we'll be happy to pray with you.